welcome to the Life is Hard, God is Good podcast. I'm Rachel Larson, and today we are talking about dealing with change. I realized the other day as I was looking at my Bible, which is my newer Bible, previously I had one that I was using for like 10 years and it was falling apart. And so this one year I got a, a new Bible for Christmas, and so I started using it in January of 2020. And the other day I was looking at this Bible that I've been using for the past couple of years and realized how much has changed in that amount of time. In January of 2020, I was a shell of a human being striving for perfection in the ways that I thought I could earn and I could work hard enough to be it to be enough while simultaneously really just chipping away at the very little that was actually left of me. These past 2 years two-ish years have been filled with immense pain, but also some of the most joyful days of my life. Lots of moving, meeting new people. There's so much about my life that has changed. And I was just amazed and reminded that even though my life has completely changed since I've started using this specific Bible, that God's word remains the same. It's been the same since I was reading it as a kid. It's been the same since I've been using this new Bible. The His word hasn't changed even when my life was falling apart, and His, his word has not changed even when things are going really well. In Isaiah 40, 6-8, it says, A voice was saying, Cry out. Another said, What should I cry out? All humanity is grass, and all its goodness is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, The flowers fade when the breath of the Lord blows on them. Indeed, the people are grass. The grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of our God remains forever. Are you going through some change right now? Change can be really fun and exciting. It can also be scary or hard. It can bring up difficult emotions. You might feel alone and stressed. The important thing to know as you're going through change is that you are not alone. If you're going through change and it feels really hard, I don't want you to forget that he goes before you. In Exodus 33, 14, it says, My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. And if you're going through change and it's exciting, don't forget the one who brought you here. Deuteronomy 8, 11 through 14 says, Be careful that you don't forget the Lord your God by failing to keep his commands, ordinances, and statutes that I'm giving you today. When you eat and are full and build beautiful houses to live in and your herds and flocks grow large and your silver and gold multiply and everything else you have increases, be careful that your heart does not become proud and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the place of slavery. So whether the change you're going through seems like a positive experience or a negative experience, it's important to remember who he is and that he has brought you here and he will continue to be with you and go before you. And a few things that we can remember about change, too, is Jesus' Jesus's experience with change. He kind of experienced the worst change ever because he came from heaven, this place that is our home, this place that we all long for, a place filled with worship and beauty, the place where it's just filled with his holiness, where he sits on the throne, a place of no more tears. He came from that place to earth, which is this temporary, messy, broken place filled with pain. 
in John 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. All things were created through him, and apart from him, not one thing was created that has been created. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. That light shines in the darkness, and yet the darkness did not overcome it. And in verse 14, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. So he knows change for sure. In Philippians 2 verses 5 through 11, it says, Adopt the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus, who, existing in the form of God, did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity. And when he had come as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even to death on a cross. For this reason, God exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. So Jesus had this huge change of going from heaven to earth for us, Emmanuel, God with us. But we also know that he does not change. Jesus does not change. Hebrews 13, 8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And Numbers 23, 19 says, God is not a man that he might lie, or a son of man that he might change his mind. Does he speak and not act, or promise and not fulfill? So God's character and who he is stays the same. He knows what change is like, so he can relate to us in that way. He has empathy for us who we also experience change. But he himself does not change because he is holy, he is good, he is love and light, and all of that does not change, even through the experiences that he went through. Also, Jesus changes us. We experience change, but we do change, thankfully, because we are born with sinful nature and we mess up. We live according to the flesh and our sinful desires, and What's really cool is in the Old Testament, when there was sin or when you encountered things that were unclean, you had to go through these different processes to become clean so that you could be in the temple and be in God's presence. That was his way that we could connect with him because he is so holy and pure. We needed to make sure that we became clean and pure before we could approach him. Otherwise, we would die. But things changed because when Jesus came on earth, he reached out to us and cleansed us. When he came on earth, he encountered so many sinful, suffering people. And instead of backing away and creating distance, he came to us. He approached people. He healed them and forgave them. The people that he came into contact with did not leave the same. The Pharisees, when they came in contact with him, they... Their hearts were hardened toward him. But those who were broken and suffering and sinful, they were changed in a positive way where they were, been, they were forgiven and healed. And he can do the same for us. Romans 12, 1 through 2 says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true worship. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, 
so you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. So he can transform us. And sometimes he can even transform us through difficult situations. In Psalm 119.71, it says, It was good for me to be afflicted so that I could learn your statutes. Sometimes going through really hard things allows us to learn more about his character and to ask really hard questions and to press in and allow him to change us to become more like him. In 2 Corinthians 5.17 tells us, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. See, the new has come. When we are in him, we don't stay the same. The old is taken away and we become new. So change can be hard. Change, whether that's in your job or relationships, life circumstances, moving, loss. Change can be difficult, but we have hope. We can remember the change that he has made for us. We can rely on him who does not change. And we can repent, allowing him to change you. So first, we want to remember the change that he made for us. Will you remember his example and empty yourself or be self-satisfied? In 2 Corinthians 8 verse 9, it says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, though he was rich, for your sake he became poor, so that by his poverty you might become rich. And in Philippians 2 verse 7, it says that he emptied himself. When he was here on earth, he gave the Beatitudes, and he also gave some woes. In Luke chapter 6, it um, captures them back to back. So this is Luke 6, verse 20 through 26. Then looking up his disciples, he said, Blessed are you who are poor, because the kingdom of God is yours. Blessed are you who are now hungry, because you will be filled. Blessed are you who weep now, because you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you, insult you, and slander your name as evil because of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy. Take note, your reward is great in heaven, for this is the way their ancestors used to treat the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your comfort. Woe to you who are now full, for you will be hungry. Woe to you who are now laughing, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when all people speak well of you, for this is the way their ancestors used to treat the false prophets. So the first part he's talking about, blessed are those who they're really, they're waiting to be filled with something greater. They're poor, they're hungry, they're weeping. And then there's the woes for those who are filled of themselves. They're self-satisfied. And so are we becoming like him who emptied himself and waiting to be filled with something greater? Or are we full of our own selves? We also can rely on him who does not change. Is your foundation on the rock or on the sand? In Psalm 18 verses 1 through 2, it says, I love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress and my deliverer. My God, my rock, where I seek refuge my shield, and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. All these words are referring to this like safe place in times of hardship, not turning to anything else, but his rock is his God. And I hope that's the same for us, that our foundation is on him. 
Jesus talks about this as well in Matthew 7, verses 24 through 29. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on a rock. The rain fell, the rivers rose, and the winds blew and pounded that house. Yet it did not collapse because its foundation was on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and doesn't act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell, the rivers rose, the winds blew and pounded of that house, and it collapsed. It collapsed with a great crash. So we want to remember that he is our rock and that anything else is like shifting sand. And we know that hardships will shake us up and whatever our foundation is, it will either crumble or we'll stand firm. In Hebrews 12, 25 through 29, it says, See to it that you do not reject the one who speaks. For if they did not escape when they rejected him who warned them on earth, even less will we if we turn away from him who warns us from heaven. His voice shook the earth at that time, but now he has promised, Yet once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. This expression, yet once more, indicates the removal of what can be shaken, that is, created things, so that what is not shaken might remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful. By it we may serve God acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. So we want to make sure that we are holding on to what cannot be shaken. And third, we want to repent, which honestly, that word has a somewhat negative connotation to me because I think of those people on the street corners kind of yelling, repent or go to hell, which I mean, some people can turn to Christ in that way, but some people really don't see the heart of God when they do that. Um, but the word repent is really just means to turn, like it's a, a 180 turn. It's turning from one thing to another thing. And so repent is turning from whatever direction you're looking at, whatever thing you're turning to, and turning to God. So it's a 180 degree turn to him. It's not turn or burn. Like we want to come to him in all things. We want to allow him to change you. And it's not, again, I just have like a negative connotation of that word. It's really not a negative word. It just means to turn. We want to turn to him. We want to turn to him in the good things. We want to turn to him in the bad things. We want to turn to him on the gray in between days. And when we turn to him, we want to allow him to change us. I want to paint a picture of a couple of different hearts here. There's one from Ezekiel and one from Exodus. The heart in Ezekiel is um, Ezekiel 36, verses 26 through 27. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will remove your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I will place my spirit within you and cause you to follow my statutes and carefully observe my ordinances. So this is a heart that is changed, removing a heart of stone, giving a heart of flesh, having his spirit and following him, um, his statutes and his ordinances. Then we have the heart in Exodus, which you've probably heard about. Pharaoh, when the Israelites were enslaved there, God told Moses to tell Pharaoh to let his people go. And as you know, Pharaoh said no many, many times. And it says over and over in Exodus that his heart was hardened. And some verses even say that the Lord hardened his heart, which is an interesting point of conversation that I've had some conversations with some friends about that. And 
our pastor one time was talking about this. Um, it's like a weird phrase. Like, did God force his heart to be hard? And I think what the passage is saying, and this is my interpretation of it. So I think you should read it for yourself and pray about it. Um, but my interpretation is similar to what my pastor was saying is that the same sun that softens some materials hardens others. God is bright like the sun. He is holy, unique, perfect, wonderful. And who he is will cause some people to want to change to be like him. They will be softened by him and they will want their heart to be changed by him. And some people will get hardened by him. They will see his goodness and his beauty and his purity and they will want to hide and they will want to stay in the darkness and they will be hard and not allow him to change them. So is your heart a willing heart, allowing him to change you, or is your heart hard? As you go through change, we want to make sure that we are focused on him through the changes. He's experienced change before. He can empathize with us, but he does not change. We can rely on him no matter what. And as we're going through the change, we want to make sure that we're continually turning to him with thanksgiving, continually turning to him with questions and asking him whatever we need because he will provide for us. Thanks for listening today to the Life is Hard, God is Good podcast. You can join us on Instagram at Life is Hard, God is Good podcast. We have a Facebook group. These are just other ways to connect and get encouragement throughout the week. You can also like rate, share, write reviews. This helps to allow other people find the podcast too. And coming soon, I've been talking about another way to connect and we're gonna, we're gonna be starting a blog which will include some written encouragement and visual reminders. I'm not sure about you, but I know that I'm more of a visual person, so I appreciate being able to see and read things um, rather than listen. So that'll be coming soon, so stay tuned and be on the lookout for that. Have a great week. May the Lord bless you and keep you.